And now, live from Pod Cabin in Burbank, California, it's the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes her guests. She's a writer and producer who only wants you to call her Pinky if your name is Binky or you're from Nantucket or you're wearing Sperry's. It's Robin Shore. And he's a writer, actor, and director who, just like Shania Twain, is a Canadian who is not impressed much by the fact that you have a car. It's Andrew Hunt. Tone Zone is here to show you how to cure depression with one simple trick, become a rock star. I'm your husband, Daniel, saying hop on board the love bus and say hello to your new best friend, Allison Rose. Allison Rose. Hello, my little hostess Chocodiles. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. That particular carbohydrate was sent in on Patreon. Patreon. By Tom Bossong. Uh, yes, I am on Patreon. All sorts of d- fun stuff, all sorts of different reward levels. You can get bonus episodes. You can text me and I'll text you back. You can watch a video of the Thursday show. Uh, you can submit carbohydrates for the guests. You can attend live streams. You can get stuff in the mail. It's truly a fun time. You can hear hot gossip, fresh gossip, old gossip, gossip of all time, Victorian era gossip, um, Mesozoic gossip, and gossip from the future. How do I do it? Everyone wants to know. Uh, and if you subscribe for a year, you get two months free, or you can do it month by month. Deal. It's really your call. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. I'm very excited for this episode. You don't know this, but we got off to a little bit of a rocky start. We had a bit, just a smidge of audio issues, but now we're all here and it is going to be smooth sailing from here on out. I'm very excited to welcome back to the show, Robin Pinky Shore. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy to be back. Pinky is is thrilled. We need to get into the backstory of Pinky because I have some questions and we also need to talk about the fact that I feel that you and I are now trauma bonded because together we experienced some disturbing content last week. Okay, we'll get into that. Also, coming back to the show, our favorite Canadian, Andrew Hunt. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me back. held up an orange, which I know is your least favorite fruit. And it says something important. Oh, is it a lemon? I'm sorry. I missed. It's an orange. Oh, I was going to say that I misdiagnosed your fruit. It looks like a lemon to me, but I'll trust you. It says subscribe to Allison Rosen on Patreon, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's a visu- uh, visual gag for those who get to see the video. Yes. Although, really, that's preaching to the choir because they are already. Yeah. 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 So you need like an audio gag, but still, Mm. I appreciate it. I appreciate True. Does your hatred for oranges still burn as fiercely as it did 12 years ago? Yeah. For those who don't know, I brought an orange onto Allison's show uh, 12 years ago when she lived in New York, (laughs) and I autographed it and gave it to her. And uh, for me, I don't dislike oranges. But it's the amount of work that goes into something so mediocre that yeah. stops me from eating them. I thought you disliked them. I thought you hate all that the white junk. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Like I'll, well, that, that's what I mean by a lot of work. Like I'll spend an hour peeling off every little white bit, and then if I bite into it and it's not perfect, I feel like I've just wasted a, a ton of my life thanks to an orange. 
So yeah. it goes beyond taste. It's personal. <laughs> uh, and also joining us, my husband, Daniel. Hello. Hi. Uh, when I was in Japan, oranges Brag. were like eight bucks. This is right. like in 87. So I'm sure by now they're like $64 or something. Um <laughs> And they would be like individually wrapped. They'd have their own, like each orange was like a special thing. Ooh. But yeah, I can't remember the last time I had an orange and was like, man, that was, that was great. <laughs> that was a great th- choice that I made. Right. No. Uh, and then let's not bury the lead. Coming mm-hmm. back to the show after months on tour, Tony Thaxton, welcome back. Woo! Hi, thank you. Tony Thaxton. <laughs> Thank you. A rare live rendition. Thank What's it you, like being back? I mean, I this is now the second show for me. It's the first for people who are only listening to the Thursday show. And if you're only listening to the Thursday show, you're missing out on half of this show. Uh, but you were on the Phil Rosenthal and David Wilde episode, which aired on Monday, which is a fun episode. Mm-hmm. And I pointed out because I took it, speaking of taking things personally, like Andrew with the orange, um, you tweeted that you really needed this tour because it's been a garbage couple years. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am right here, Tony. So what's it like being back in the garbage bin with me? Well, I mean, uh, you know, immediately thrown back into the the joy of Zoom, as you said (laughs) earlier, of the technical problems we had. And so... uh, you know, I, I was excited to be back, but then immediately I'm like, oh, yeah, I fucking hate Zoom so <laughs> I much. I know. I know. It really does suck. Okay. A lot of stuff to get to. Um, now, Tony famously has offered me $40,000 per episode for each episode that I will record in person. I'm and- about ready to double that. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I knew if I I knew if I held out it would really make a difference in my bottom line. And for a little while I was taking advantage of it. And it just a lot of people were like, "Tony, are you sure shouldn't she be paying you to produce the episodes?" And both Tony and I, you know, the rare occasion that we were in lockstep, and we were both like, "You guys, this is between Tony and me, and we both feel like it just makes sense. So let us work that out, okay? It just makes sense that he would pay me $40,000 per episode to do to produce the episode. And I said, yes, that will, thank you, work for me. And I do keep it in an old-fashioned cash register. That also is my business, and it just makes sense. It is convenient. Daniel, don't you find that it looks great in our bedroom? I mean, it, it's, really it's noisy. Big. It, yeah, it's big and it's noisy. But I just find that it feels good when, um, when I just it just feels good. So anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, you know, it just makes sense. <sighs> I also have like a change belt. You know, it's a whole experience. So, <laughs> and uh, anyway, anyway, um. After my COVID experience, I said to Tony, and I think it really bummed him out, I said that I'm even more hesitant to, like, go out and be among people. And, Robin, I'm wondering after your Delta – you had Delta during Omicron, which was weird. I'm wondering yeah. if you also had this ex- this feeling of, like, 
I felt sort of traumatized by my, my experience because I felt I was very sick and it was just so inconvenient, especially with kids who couldn't be in school and we couldn't have babysitters. And it was just like such an unpleasant experience top yes. to bottom that I was just like, I really don't want to go out and get it again. So now I think I'm going to be more of a shut in. And Tony was very disappointed to hear this. All that being said, I did go out and do a little bit of socializing yesterday, Ooh. despite my fears. And I'm Ooh. like, <laughs> yeah, I am. Now I feel nervous about that. But I had a play date with Elliot. Daniel and I decided it's, you know, it was worth it because it's important for him to socialize. Um, <laughs> it's also important for everyone to socialize. <laughs> I'm a lost cause. I am a lost cause. But it is important for Elliot to socialize. And plus, it's with a kid that he's already going to school with. So they're kind of in the same germ puddle anyway. Um, and then we saw some f- our, our friend uh, wrote last night's Westworld episode. So we Ooh. went over and watched it with him. And that was like a very uh, unique experience to be able to watch the episode with the person who wrote it. That was then I was like, we were it's just you know wanted to celebrate it with him so and that was just you know just us and it's our um our our good friends so just the two of them and us um and they're very covid conscious and we are to listen to me justifying if i get it again (laughs) no one cares except me i'm just trying to justify it to myself but anyway i'm like worried I hear, um, but yeah. And Daniel yeah. went to a grocery store, a small one, wearing a mask. And I'm just like, that makes me nervous too. So anyway, Tony, I will accept all your money soon, I guess. I guess I'm breaking the seal and I'm not being such a shut-in. Yes, but then you're also talking about how scared you are. So that's not, that's that doesn't right. make it sound very promising. Yeah, but scared with $80,000 is better than just scared. Right. That's true, because you got to live your life. Right. Um. So I need to talk about how clean these people this this okay so we went the 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 uh but but rob and i do want to find out if you also had some of these feelings in a second sure. but for okay sure. so elliot and i went to his friend's house uh for the play date and they live in this beautiful house it's his family and it was so beautiful and tidy that the whole time I'm like, where do they keep the mess? Like, where is the room <laughs> that, that it's all shoved into? <laughs> and the more I saw the house, the more I'm like, each room looks like a page of a catalog. Like, I am beginning to think there's not a room or a closet or a corner. I don't think it's shoved anywhere. I think they're just incredibly organized, neat people. And by the end, I felt comfortable enough to say... What's going on? I didn't put it that way, but I was like, your house is so tidy. Are you guys really neat people? Is there a room where it all is? Like, what's going on? Because our house, if you saw it, you wouldn't, you know, you'd want to leave in half a second. And I was thinking to myself, and if they're listening to this, I hope they know that I mean this in like a very friendly, uh, funny way. Uh, I actually don't think that they could tolerate being in our house. (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking like I would love to have more play dates. I don't think you guys could ever come to our house. It's too messy. Um <clears throat> but I do want to have more play dates cuz it it was a very it was a very fun time. I just feel that our home is too messy for them to ever see because they live in a beautiful home and we live in a very cluttered home. But anyway, near the end, uh she did tell me there was one closet that was messy and she let me see it and I looked in and I'm like <laughs> 
this closet looks like our closet after we would clean one of our closets. <laughs> and this closet I, has been like stuck in the way a song would be stuck in your head. This closet's been stuck in my head ever since. And I, and I was thinking like all the quote unquote mess, it was like there was everything was in a bin or a box or something. So anyway, listeners have heard me talk about this before because I'm sort of, I, I you know, I, I have a problem with clutter and whatnot. Um, I just, in the same way that like writing comes fairly naturally to me and back in the day, I feel like now maybe because everyone's on the internet, maybe everyone has somewhat of an aptitude for writing, but back before the internet, cause I'm old, you know, there were people who were just like, I just can't write an essay. It just doesn't come naturally to me. And I told, and I have, I, I have compassion for that. And I understand that. Um, you know, it's just like a skill that comes naturally to some people and it doesn't come naturally to others. I am like the person I am to cleaning and being tidy and neat as those people are to writing essays. Like I just, it's a skill that I lack. Where are you guys with being tidy? Do you all live in tidy, nice, clean homes? Cause I live in a pile of shit. No offense, Daniel. <laughs> I, no, I live in a tidy home. Okay. But that but I am the only person that lives in this home. So it's easy to keep tidy. I don't know what it's going to be like when when and if I move in with my boyfriend. I don't and but he's also he's tidier than I am. But I want oh. to say this, Allison, Rosen and Daniel Quantz. In the times before, in the 2018 era, when I was coming to your house to do the podcast, it was it was not a pile of shit. <laughs> it was not a pile of shit at all. So I just want you to be a little easier on yourself because it's probably not as bad as you think. And I also read this blog post that said... The worst thing you can do when somebody comes over to your house is apologize for the untidiness. Just like, mm. this is your house. Welcome to my house. Mm. This is what you're seeing. Mm. Um, and I, I, uh, yeah, I am tidy, but that's my own, uh, that's my own shtick. That's my I own just stuff. wish I could be like, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> Andrew, are you neat? I, when it comes to uh, things that a, a mouse or a bug would want to eat. I'm neat. I'll oh yeah, I don't. Food. I'm not I unsanitary with these bugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not unsanitary. That's a nightmare to me. I just yeah. mean there's I, there's not like you know melon rinds. I'm thinking if right, we were no. we were tweeting about Charlotte's Web. I'm thinking of things <laughs> that like rats would would you know wander away with. It's yeah. not gross. It's not unsanitary, but right. it's just stuff. there's clutter. Lots there's kids' stuff. toys everywhere and papers and books yeah. and all I that. Mean, yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm pretty messy in that way. As long as no one's coming over, like I my rule is there has to be a path from my bed to the washroom <laughs> so I can <laughs> die in the middle of the night. But uh, like anything goes aside from that. It's okay. Shirts you can come to our house. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I always figure if you have kids too, like I expect to see yeah. toys yeah. on the floor. Well, Part I did too till I went to yeah. this catalog, Pottery Barn catalog of a house. I feel like we you know saw, what? we went to someone else's house too, or maybe it was on TV. That was it. We were watching the show and the people had kids and their place was immaculate. And it was like, they don't have kids. And what was what that show we were watching? I don't remember. But to me, it's like, I, although our, yeah, some of our friends are are better at hiding the kids' messes. We we basically have a room in the front now that is. It just, shouldn't be the front. I know, but the, gotta, we don't. We, we don't need to live re- in. 
We need to take our front door and put it somewhere else. Like ideally that would be like a classic. You know how like there's the living room in lots of houses where people really no, don't spend any time and then there's yeah. the den where you spend all your time. That would be like our living room. Right. We but, have it reversed. But right now instead of being the living the room it's just the cars and haunted house toys or whatever, you know, and just marble runs and it's just all the junk. Um but of course it's the, if we have the windows open Everybody it's who drives or walks by just sees this like mess. That's all they see. Uh, I don't know. You have two young boys, <laughs> and I would just say you'll tidy when you want to tidy. But I thought yeah. when you were describing this these friends' houses that this friends' house that you went to the other day, I thought that when she was like, okay, I'll show you the closet, I thought she was going to show you a dead body. Like, like <laughs> I thought the needle, it, it had to drop somewhere, you know? Like, she's got mess. It could be in her mind. You know what I mean? I don't know where her mess is. It might not be physically yeah. tangible, but it's there. Don't they always say that Einstein was messy, super messy? Was he? he I or maybe that's to- just a saying. No, I mean, I used to feel... That's what messy people say. (laughs) I used to feel that... I used to feel that artists needed messy desks and a lot of books everywhere. However, I do find that I... It's, I'm able to think more clearly when my desk is clean, which I haven't had in oh, many, many years. And also then Daniel, and I feel that this is a real anti-creative, anti-artistic thing, doesn't like to have a lot of books displayed because he feels it is, quote unquote, visual noise. Interesting. <laughs> Isn't Although, that so? What, what a philistine. I don't philistine. like no books. It's just, I think like I used to have a bookshelf, a giant, like almost wall you know, size bookshelf in my office and I just had books and it was just hard to, you know, right now our closet is that. And it just, I don't know. It's like, I want like a clean area to rest my eyes. That's all. Well, one of the things in Marie Kondo is the magic, the, what is it? The pure and simple magic of tidying up or whatever. I think it's it's the heart, the heartbreaking magic of tidying up. Of staggering genius. (laughs) Um, Is that um, you're supposed to get, actually get rid of all your books. And so one of the things when I moved from my apartment into this house and I moved to a house on the same street as my apartment, (laughs) um, I was carrying books and books and books. And then one, the first thing she says is to just take all your books out and put them in the middle of the room and see which ones you want and don't want. And I did that. And then what I did was I put the books I really, really love on my staircase. So going when you go down on each step, there's like a different little tiny pile of books. And there's there are books that I love. And I'm so happy to see. Yeah, just just a tip, you know, but just going back to Albert Einstein for a second, his hair does indicate that he could have been a messy guy. You know, he's giving it away. He's telling us who he is. He's telegraphing. But I don't think that, I don't know, I just don't, besides being unsanitary, it's not like you live in Grey Gardens, you know, it's like the Grey <laughs> Gardens is where you got to yeah. draw the line. And if you don't know what Grey Gardens is, rent the documentary, you'll thank me later. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I do. Uh, my friend Dustin, who longtime listeners will know, I remember when he was in grad school, he told me that... Uh, he was experiencing a gray gardens level of personal hygiene. <laughs> yeah, that's when you have to have a human intervention. Yes. Say, Were they hoarders? 
<laughs> no, but he got like pink. Oh, oh, sorry. You're not talking about Dustin. You're talking about Grey Gardens. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. <laughs> well, they were hoarders, but they were also unsanitary and they were also a little nuts. And it was a mother and daughter sort of holed up in this house together in the 70s. Huh. And it was it was rough. And then there's many, many cuts to raccoons eating their cereal. <laughs> Did you ever hear, have I talked about, there was, a, uh, there was uh, two sisters um, who lived in the Palisades, mm. um, old ladies by, by the time the article was written, and they would take care of rats. Oh. And there were thousands and thousands of rats. And they would, and the neighbors talked about just seeing these rats like coming out of all the cracks in the roof and everywhere. And the problem was that all of the neighbors, the whole hillside, because the Palisades are kind of in this like hill. Uh, yeah. canyon sort of thing and it's like everyone was getting rats and so they oh. wanted to try to do something about it like the neighbor had a stroller with a baby and they went inside and came out and there was like a rat in the stroller ah, with the baby come on. but the city couldn't do anything because they were calling them pets so they and the mm. and they were like you know they were total shut-ins they wouldn't it was like such a nightmare scenario um in the palisades no in the less. palisades if yeah. you don't wow. in los angeles the palisades is about as fancy as it gets so yeah. and those those neighbors don't put up with a whole lot right. and there's also one last thing there's a famous story of these two brothers that lived in the, this beautiful huge townhouse in new york near harlem and they collected newspapers or something and then they were like all when one of them they, they both died and they like fossilized with the newspaper they wrapped them in the newspaper with some vinegar and something horrible yes, but they were I've really rich some... they yes. were rich and then huh. they died amongst their own hoarding you know you're mm. not there yet you know what i'm saying it's something to aim for, though. Tony, are you neat? You look your your house looks neat to me. Uh, like ish. I think I'm like in the ballpark. I think generally neat, but I think I have a bad habit of keeping it kind of neat. But then, you know, sometimes you might like open a drawer or like closets or something, and then it's like a disaster in those because mm -hmm. like sometimes I'm like I want this to be neater, so then I just sort of like put it away. Yes. And uh, so it looks nice, but then if I need to like get through that stuff, then it's a little bit of a mess. Yeah. So yes. somewhere in between, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the discipline to keep up with things. Like I bought these drawer organizers, no, under the cabinet organizers for my bathroom. And at one point I had like made really good use of them and they were great and they like pulled out and everything was all organized in there. And then cut to now where I've just shoved a bunch of stuff into my cabinet so everything's just cluttered in there and uh, i don't have any urge to like get on my hands and knees and clean it all up you know what no one really cares about this let's get to the important <laughs> stuff pinky oh on my the God, last yes. episode you shared that when you were in nantucket yes. you told someone nantucket being the most preppy island you told someone oh. your name was pinky yes and Wait, she said what? her son's her son's name was binky correct <laughs> And I was unsure whether they really call you Pinky or if you were saying that to mock the whole uh, preppiness of the island. Please explain. And then also let us know if you were afraid to go out after you had COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so um, so you're, the question about Pinky is, was was I being serious? Like when the lady had it, just, just, just to give you a setup, we 
go into this very exclusive club called the Sconset Trust, where my boyfriend's brother and sister-in-law are movers and shakers, I guess. And and they didn't have our name on the list. And I was just like, this is a perfect opportunity. But <laughs> but wait, I forgot what the question was. Do people really call you Pinky? Yes. So oh, okay. I said, my name's Pinky. And that's when she was like, oh my God, my son's Binky. And then she was like, but what's your real name? And I was like, Robin. <laughs> so, you know, I think on the East Coast, there's a lot of trays, which I didn't know meant third. So one, uno, dos, tres. Oh, Trey is like, yeah. if you're Tony Thaxton the third, you'd be mm, Trey. Um, yeah, I didn't know it either. So mm. there's a lot of like waspy nicknames. And I absolutely introduced myself as Pinky and everybody bought it. And then the people that we were talking to for a long time, at one point, I just said, my name's Robin. You don't have to call <laughs> me Pinky. But it, it was fun. It was much more fun for me to be Pinky, you know? Did when you find did- your personality shift a little? Like, yes. w- is there a Pinky persona? There was a pinky, the pinky persona felt more comfortable being there. And, and like I did at every party I went to in Nantucket, I just sidled up to the raw bar and I just shoved oysters in my face. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, pinky, this is something pinky loves. She loves oysters. <laughs> of course. She, when, who gave you the nickname pinky? Where did this come from? It came out of my head the wow. moment she was writing it down. <laughs> But I'm rewatching Succession right now. And to be fair, I realized Logan Roy, who's the matri- the patriarch of the family, calls his daughter, his only daughter, Pinky. Oh. oh, so wait, you gave yourself the nickname Pinky? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Okay, so they really call you Pinky, but yes. it was in that moment that you gave yeah, yourself were- the nickname Pinky. They were like, "What's your?" They were like, "What's your name, darling?" And I was like, okay. "I can't do this. That's Pinky." <laughs> like, got it, got it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it took. I had to like kick Sam a little bit to be like, just play along, because he was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, it's not your real name." I'm like, well, <laughs> this isn't a real <laughs> thing that we're at. So <laughs> it was it was a way for me to deal with whatever social anxiety and imposter syndrome I had. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's so amazing. Highly recommend if you're in one of those situations, give yourself a new name. Sure. Okay. And were you afraid after your COVID experience, were you hesitant to collect your $40,000 from Tony Thaxton? (laughs) 80, I mean. The answer is yes. But then upon further reflection, if you look at the arc of my life, there's no chance I'm not going to get it within the next couple of weeks again for the second time in 2022. I just feel it in my bones because, because I'm so scared of getting it, I'm going to get it. Um, and we did eat indoors a lot in Nantucket. Apparently COVID doesn't exist there, but, and I'm going to a shopping store, a shopping store, a grocery store later today. And I'm going to wear a mask because I think people should still wear masks in grocery stores. But what do I know? No, I, I agree with you. It's just a lot of other people who don't. Yeah. Um, okay. So you felt the fear, but did it anyway, just like that book by Susan Forward. Yep. I felt the fear and I pushed past it and I'm living in my wildest dreams of the best life. No, I I feel like, yeah, you just have to kind of push past fear a little bit, but also I have this low, I have this low grade knowledge of like, if I get it again, I'm so screwed. So I am, I am nervous about it as much as I think it would be funny to get it again. I am really nervous about it. Wait, it, do not get it again. So you're so screwed because it, because I affected thought, you. I was because it affected me so much the first time, and now I have this cockamamie theory that I get like a like if I even take a short flight, I'm like jet lagged for two weeks now since mm-hmm. I've had COVID. Like it's just done something to my system. 
Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just skeptical, but I'm also like, you got to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. 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 That's how, that's, oh, anyway. Okay. Andrew Hunt. Hey. You went viral on TikTok, a thing none of us have done. Viral. No. Speaking of viruses, you went viral on TikTok yesterday. Did you are the you are the most viral of all of us. Now Tony has Tony has a gold record, and I like to joke that his gold record is fake, but it's actually real. Um, But you, Andrew, as a former. Would it be accurate to say former YouTuber? I mean, I guess you're... Yeah, that's where I got my start. Like, I... The first time I ever went viral was right. on YouTube. You've gone YouTube. viral a few times. Yeah. And it's interesting wow. yeah. how... It's I, we're all doing things with our shoulders. Yeah. It's interesting how, as a former YouTuber, it's like, mm-hmm. you know this, you know how to do it. Because you just, like, hop onto TikTok. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, now you're going viral on TikTok. Right. 3.5 million views yesterday. Yeah. Like, how'd million. you do Whoa. it? Yeah. <laughs> well, Tell us how, about it. I When I think back to the YouTube days, you sort of had to learn how to get views without paying for them. Like now I'll work on a TV show and we'll upload stuff to YouTube and we'll pay for some views that are like, pay how, for ads. how do you, but Oh it's, yeah. How I does this work with, with that one? I was lucky because a Shania Twain, uh, documentary had just dropped. So I was like, I have a, pr- a tweet that did pretty well about Shania Twain. If I just say it to the camera, it should do pretty well right now. People will be searching searching her name. But one trick that I learned is to just not let people's brains not be stimulated. So, for example, I, I start by saying, I just noticed. For anyone who hasn't seen the TikTok, I basically point out. I, I don't know if you know Shania Twain's song, That Don't Impress Me Much. Uh, yes. In the song, mm-hmm. the music stops and she says, so you're Brad Pitt. Oh, uh, that I don't impress me much. Uh, so you got a car that don't impress me much. So you're a rocket scientist that don't impress me much. And then I noticed that Brad Pitt was just in a movie called Ad Astra, where it's Brad Pitt, who is a rocket scientist. And at one point he has a car. And uh, <laughs> so in the video, I just I just start by having a picture pop up. And I find that having a picture pop up. And something that pops up quickly keeps someone's attention before they swipe you away. And Mm -hmm. then, like, once you start to drag on, if another picture pops up, that's something I found always worked for me. And and then, like, the content should be decent as well. But I find that those little tricks seem to somehow make me go viral quite a bit. I saw that yesterday. Oh, did you? Oh my you? god, I didn't realize I yeah. was on on the line with TikTok greatness royalty. Yeah, but it was on my Instagram. It made it to my Instagram. Oh, amazing! Wow. Yeah. Um, well, Allison shared it. Maybe you saw it. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's why. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, maybe mm-hmm. we sh- maybe I should play it into the microphone. That'll be a fun mm-hmm. treat for everyone. Let me Ooh. see if I can get it to open up. Um, it's like a doctor's yeah. commentary on a TikTok. <laughs> if if the challenge is to be interesting and not boring i'm never gonna go i'm never gonna go viral because i that's just a bridge too far for me because I, i'm thinky well, and you also have to edit on. like and i can't and i don't editing, like to edit right? yeah i was all actually of this. thinking today about your viral potential and i feel like oh, there are clips do from tell. your podcast that could do really well on that. Uh, I'm like on all ears. Really? <laughs> For example, the um, uh, 
uh, what's his name? Shane, uh, Dawson, Shane Dawson. Um, I, I know, I know that you posted that to Instagram. Have you posted it to TikTok? I haven't, but other people have posted clips of it to TikTok oh, okay, and yeah. I haven't noticed how they're doing. But. Yeah. I find like if, if you just tag things, people would search people who love yeah. him. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, and like if his face is in like the first couple frames, all his old fans will like mm. gravitate to it. And I, I don't know. I just, I feel like you have a lot of, um, you know, there's so many funny moments, all the wrestlers who have been on lately and, right. you know, all the, like even, um, one of my favorites, Bob Saget, you know, um, yeah, like those are, those are, uh, podcasts that I think are not only great, but have viral potential as well. Uh, how do how does a TikTok get seen by people enough to get into the algorithm? Like how, cause I find TikTok to be just, I cannot wrap my, my yeah. aged well, brain around it. It has a lot to do with the hashtags. Um, so like I did hashtag Shania Twain, hashtag that don't impress me much. Uh, and then I also do hashtag Toronto so that I know like local people will see it and they might be like, Oh, I saw that guy do stand up once or something and right. pass it on. And, uh, so y- you start with that sort of grassroots Toronto people and then it makes it to like LA and all those places. But I, 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 I don't know if I should admit this, but, uh, do it, do it, it, do it. It feels really good to be going viral on TikTok because after 10 years of working behind <laughs> the scenes, on television shows, I decided to reach out to some acting agents recently and uh, just to see, like, maybe I can get back on camera. And the only person who wrote back said they were looking for more, like, hip, trendy TikTok types. <laughs> boom, uh-huh. boom. And so that was a week ago that I got that email. So I was like, let me see if I still got it. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Hell did yeah. You send them that, did you send them the clip? <laughs> no, I just, I, I hope they see it. I, I never met them face to face. I sent them a demo reel. So hopefully they, uh, I, like I, hopefully I they're understand choking where, on it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand where they're coming from. Like I, you know, it's the biz is changing, but it just felt good to, to hear someone say like, you're kind of too old now for this sort of thing. <laughs> and then, I don't know, people want to see guys in their late 30s talking, I guess. Hell yeah. It it impressed me much. Ooh. Were people saying to Shania, like, hey, I have a car. I ha-. It's like, the line isn't even like, you have an expensive car, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, you have a car. Oh, you have a car. <laughs> yeah. Well, She's that don't impress me much. Like, who is impressed by that? <laughs> Some people. I got Some. a car. Some folks. Yeah. You know, I saw um, a clip also on Instagram from the Shania Twain documentary. It must have been where some guy, she was singing on Canadian television or something, and it was an interview. And afterwards, the guy was like, well, one of the things you need is to succeed is good looks. And you really got that, Shania. <laughs> and she was like, thanks. And she laughed it off. She was really <laughs> graceful. But man, you want to see a great performance on YouTube? Her and Harry Styles at Coachella. Oh, yeah? That is oh, an yeah. incredible performance. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to play it. I just realized that Brad Pitt just starred in a movie where he plays a rocket scientist who has a car. Brad Pitt? So you're Brad Pitt. Rocket scientist? So you're a rocket scientist. Car? So you got a car. 
Those are the three things that don't impress Shania Twain much. That don't impress me much. So good. Congratulations. (laughs) Thanks. It's it's so fun to go viral. Although I'm a little nervous because uh, I uploaded like a TikTok story saying like, make sure you follow me. Plenty of more where that came from. But I'm like, do I? I don't know if I have anything to follow that up with. But can I ask you, Andrew, (laughs) when you go viral on TikTok, so this happened yesterday, what was your day like? Like, did you hear from old friends? Did you <laughs> did you get a call from Justin Trudeau? Like, what happened? It's such a good question. It, I always say going viral starts, like, it always starts with conf- confusion. You wonder where all these views and likes are coming from. And mm. then it's excitement, and you just feel so happy all day. And then uh, it starts to get shared with people who are not fans of the subject matter and then they start to get mean and then and then you yeah. mute you mute the comment section and then you move on so it, it's sort of like there, a hill of excitement and then sadness oh no <laughs> there was a, a really good there was a really good youtube thing i watched recently i forget the creator's name but he did like a a documentary sort of thing about um these people who sell uh, courses online to to how to beat the algorithm at YouTube mm. or whatever, and he was just like going through it and exposing it. But then he he talks about the experience of being a YouTuber who got to a million subscribers, and he talks about that what you're saying, which is like that feeling of when you start to get big and it's very exciting and gratifying, and then you hit a tipping point <laughs> where the negativity becomes big enough. Like if you think of it like one out of every thousand people is going to be a hater. Mm-hmm. Well, when you have a thousand subscribers, it's no big deal. Yeah. But when you have a million subscribers, that's like, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. a thousand people or whatever it is. And a thousand people hating you. Yeah. Your brain can't handle that. And so then that becomes <laughs> this overwhelming thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty uh pretty interesting. It's tough. I so far on the Shania Twain uh viral video that I did, the comments have been really nice. Like Aww. it's and it's uh it has made me a little emotional because one of the reasons I left YouTube like 10 years ago, it, like ultimately I went to go make TV shows, but uh one big thing was the negative comments would just affect me so much. Like I not to the point of not wanting to make stuff, but just being pretty upset about the things people would say. Like I had really crooked teeth at the time and, uh, you know, a lot of the comments were about that. And, uh, you know, it, it was tough. It was tough to hear multiple people saying the same thing. So, you know, it's seeing all the positivity. There are moments where you let, like I, this weekend I've just been feeling so, touched and uh and happy about it so spring in your step mm-hmm. a pep in my step maybe tiktok's a more positive environment than youtube that's what i was thinking like maybe something about this generation has changed like people uh respect the etiquette more maybe or maybe it's just shania twain fans <laughs> Yeah, could be that too <laughs> maybe we'll see yeah i mean i do think youtube can be like a more toxic place mm-hmm. And TikToks are shorter. I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. 
We will see. But um, Daniel, do you yeah. notice what I'm wearing? <laughs> You're wearing my favorite. Is it a hoodie? Yes. Hoodie. Oh, that's sweet. It's not. Daniel no, hates hate this hoodie. Oh. Well, this is I, Daniel's least like favorite hoodie, and I am wearing it as a way just, of saying. I don't hate it. it this looks is like something... a sartorial hey, go fuck yourself <laughs> okay, in a way to Daniel. And I didn't really think of it as that. Yes, you can play it, Tony. It w- hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Our, our household right now is a lot like the Republican Party in that we are just all, we just live to own each other. <laughs> this I have P W N you with this hoodie. The, the thing about so, that hoodie is that okay. it looks like at one point it was really nice, and then you just <laughs> had it for fifteen years. But you you told me that it. It, you bought it. That this yeah. is like a shabby chic of hoodies. It came with- distressed. Okay, so for anyone who's not watching this and who didn't see the image that came with it, it is a purple hoodie, and it looks like someone set it on fire and then blew it out. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. now I'm P W ending myself. I, that's not true. It just I don't know. It's just it's distressed. Knowing that it's you bought look- it distressed yeah. makes me actually not hate it. Oh. <laughs> But thank, not thank that you. I ever hated it. It's just like I'm like you know. Uh, you the last time I put it on, care, care about me, how you look. <laughs> <laughs> the last God time sake. I put it, the last time I put it on, you told me I needed to throw it out. And yeah, that, it looks like something that should be go, go in the rag drawer. Yes, this is the general vibe that I, that you have. The general this is this is the discourse around this hoodie. Uh, and I believe I said to you, Bobcat Goldthwait would never say this to me because that is who I had a crush on at the time. And I think I tweeted something about it. Maybe he was on my show at the time and he told me that he loved my hoodie. And I would like any sort of devoted listeners of the show to go back and find that tweet because, and anyone who works at Twitter, if you're listening, you have made it impossible. And also from the beginning, it has been impossible to find old tweets. Have you guys noticed? It's hard to find old tweets. It's super. If you're someone like me who tweets too much, mm. it's hard to find old tweets. I would like to find my old tweet <laughs> where I talk about my hoodie and Bobcat Goldthwait because it's special to me and I can't find it. But you know anyway, it would be, nice? be nice to be able to hit a button and download all of the tweets that you've ever. I think sent. you can do that, actually. Oh. Really? Because I'd yeah, like to do that and then erase them. <laughs> I think right. you can. I think you you can do that. You can do that. But so yeah. anyway, yes, this hoodie, which I am wearing, Daniel hates it. But I put it on today and I thought, in your face, Daniel. But it's special because the old. last time I wore it, I think was before. it. it the, but here's the thing. It actually now is old. It is a vintage hoodie. <laughs> I last wore it before I was pregnant with the guys. Uh, and then I am now able to fit into it again. And even though it is old and even though you hate it, I wear it proudly like- anyway because I know you hate it. <laughs> and I like it. And it. Listen. Yeah. If, if I was not okay living with things that were old and that I hated. <laughs> You'd get a new wife. Oh, uh, hey. Hey, that was too far. That was too. You know why I, I like know. it. Thank the, you. Because the thing. Yeah. My favorite Ninja Turtle is Donatello, <laughs> who wears the purple mask 
So I like any shirt that's purple. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're you're overstating my feelings about that jacket, but I, I for the sake of Now it's a jacket. The sake of <laughs> radio and for this show, yeah, I hate it. I remember um, I bought a bookshelf and a nightstand years ago that were shabby chic and my friend Mike and I was all excited about them. And my friend Mike was like, they, they look like they need a paint job, yeah. but they're nice. And I was like, we, you, you just don't get it. That's the problem with shabby chic. We have a number of your old shabby chic things around here. And um, unless you construct an entire, you know, old garden look for your place, you know, like if your whole place doesn't look like anthropology, <laughs> then it's just then it's just shabby. Well, shabby, but not chic. Yeah. Shabby without the it's, chic. Yeah, you got to really, you know, have everything consistent. What's Kanye West's brand? Th- their big thing is like rips and tears and like, e- I think even stains. Like, Crap. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like homeless seems, chic. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, Easy. like when he dropped his fashion line, maybe five years ago or so. I remember seeing it for the first time and thinking like, that's no one would wear that. But I think it's become super cool recently <laughs> I also in the way say that, sorry allison your no. your hoodie jacket whatever it is mm-hmm. um looks like crushed velvet to me which i found comforting i was like Thank oh you. she's in a cr- and the and the color it good. is comforting yeah, yeah. daniel doesn't know you know the with the you know in the way that kanye is his own person when when it comes to fashion i am my own person yeah mm-hmm. there's someone in my house who's trying to make me conform and i say no <laughs> But you can imagine the strain that that puts on me just mentally living with such a hater. uh, (sighs) Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That's how our brains work. So why don't we treat them that way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. Uh, You guys know that I'm just a big fan of therapy. I uh, go to therapy weekly. It helps me immensely. I have two friends who are doing better help. They started it during the pandemic uh, because traditional therapists um, have a huge waiting list and they were able to get in with BetterHelp and they've had so much, uh, they've had such a great experience with BetterHelp. Um, I, I've been recommending BetterHelp to so many people. It's just, um, it's online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Uh, it's just great. It's it's really helpful. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash best friend. That's betterhelp, better H-E-L-P.com slash best friend. Okay. So we are going to bring back and dust off a segment that we haven't done in quite some time. Uh not only because the theme song is one of my favorites, but also the theme song is one of my favorites. I think it might be time to do deleted tweets. Feel that beat. I believe we have a deleted tweet. Not so sweet. Maybe that thought is incomplete. Think I'll be I believe we have a deleted tweet. All right. 
Now, this is where we read tweets that we thought of tweeting, but we decided against that, hence deleted tweets. Now, the reason that the segment is not something that I regularly do is because I discovered that typically people don't remember tweets that they decided not to tweet. But oftentimes, if you look in your drafts folder, you can find one. Um, Okay. Robin. Yes. You said you had one, yes? It's really, guys, it, you know, when you're in a writer's room and you have to, uh, you have to provide background for your joke, (laughs) it's never going to, it's never going to land. It's never going to work. But this joke, this tweet that I decided not to tweet um, proves why I shouldn't be on Twitter, but it also is predicated uh, under, it's predicated with the idea that you, you know that on the network Showtime that a few years ago there was a Jim Carrey show called Kidding. Does everybody oh, remember yeah. that oh, yeah. Jim Carrey yes. show? Yeah, yeah. Created yes. by the great Dave Holstein. Um, he, uh, and he and I have tweeted back and forth a little bit. He's a lovely, lovely guy. Dave Holstein did a great job on that show. And uh, yesterday I almost tweeted this. And this was formulated with the help of Sam Foreman, so I want to give him credit. But the tweet is, what's my favorite comedy on Italian Showtime? No kidding. Because <laughs> it's the gnocchi. Mm-hmm. No, Guys, it's, you shouldn't have to explain it, but it's no kidding. I the like problem it. is you can't have Thank you me. saying it I know. Yeah. in the tweet. <laughs> I, I like think, it. Thank you. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Tweet it. See, I, and also part of the reason that this segment, I, yeah. I don't do it a lot is because I tend to just tweet all my tweets <laughs> that should be deleted. Right. Yeah. Um, Andrew, did you have one? I, I deleted one that I just thought it maybe came off as insensitive. So Ooh, I can, I yes, can either definitely give my an insensitive one or oh a, a lighthearted one. You want I the mean, insensitive one? Sure. It if you feel comfortable sharing it. Well, the only reason I didn't share it is people are going through a hard time. But the uh, the tweet was, I had a uh, writer a writing deadline coming up, and I I tweeted, uh, I'm having severe writer's block. I wish I was more like William Shakespeare, not in that I'd like to be a better writer, but that I'd like to be dead. <laughs> I actually I think that's funny. That's delightful. <laughs> I think that's funny. Okay. Yes. Tweet like it out that. then. Tweet I it. I say to go the for world. it. Okay. Yeah. I did I just didn't want it to seem like a cry for help. Like I was actually right. saying I wanted to be dead. I was just like, I just don't I I just have writer's block. Um so that's you why know, I didn't tweet it. I a lot of times I will say this this xyz you know makes me want to walk into the ocean or makes me like Mm. things like that as like a in my jokes and things like that and i do feel like is that lazy or like i could imagine someone taking issue with that i try Mm. not to i try to use like very gentle language for Mm. saying that like walk into the ocean or something not like it makes me want to you know kill myself or something but I don't know. Um, okay, let me see if I have one. Although if someone else has one, please feel free I have to one go. More yes, I I may have tweeted, but I I actually am taking the summer off from Twitter because it was making me really sad. Oh, that's um, smart. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if it's on there, but this is one of my favorite things, and I don't think I tweeted it, but it was: if you have a distracting mole, that's on you. 
<laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I Wait, like it. tell us more about taking the summer off Twitter and it making you sad. Well, this I is just, a move I could never do, but I love it. I just was realizing that I was like, you know, in a loop, the loop of websites that I look at or apps that I look at that like, that I was getting my news from stand-up comedians who I love, <laughs> but it was like, oh my God, why am I hearing about Roe v. Wade from Pat Oswalt? With all love to Pat Oswalt, it's not, you yeah. know, he's just, he's just commenting. Um, but I just decided, I guess I just felt in the wake of the Roe news that it was like, if I look on Twitter, that's not going to do anything. That's not going to push the needle in the right direction. We're all outraged. Like I want to, I want to be in a world where people are doing tangible things to change it rather than yeah. just like, we're all going to this website to complain. And I just needed a break from it. And so far I, so good. I don't miss it at all. Nice. I actually came up with the perfect analogy for what Twitter is. What is um, it? Yeah. Like last week. So you know how in the like 1930s or the 1940s in New York, uh, think of like Godfather Two, all the De Niro stuff. <laughs> there were the those big tall apartment buildings with the the window. You know, the window uh, would look out over a like maybe a little courtyard, and then there right there would be another building with more windows and you know maybe some clotheslines in between. So Twitter to me is just I've come over to the window, I've opened the window, and I'm just talking out the window and maybe someone is walking by below and they might you know say something uh some people might close their windows because they're like you know shut the fuck up and that's mm -hmm. pretty much it yeah maybe someone works, hears yeah. it this is you're just talking out the window it's like the talking olympics you know and like you vote for your person who said the thing the best or said mm -hmm. the thing most succinctly yeah but what does it all amount to? I don't know. Yeah. I think they no. they first described it as they wanted it to be like the door in a bathroom, the uh, the stall door. <laughs> and th that was the vision for it from the beginning. Wow. So like people beautiful putting their Changed comments the and their jokes <laughs> and then other people uh, responding to them. And, and it's right. Allison. Well, yes. Are you, did we lose you? <laughs> no, um, I, okay, here's one. Would it be appropriate to reach out to the husband of one of the women from the mom group and ask how he can stand being married to such a massive cunt? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, that was the, uh, the Facebook mom group. Um, That's, oh, okay. I don't know who you're talking about. Yes, you do. Um, let's see. Here's one. I got one. All right. Okay. Do you, have you ever noticed that all the Jews that were supposedly killed in the Holocaust? Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, here you go. If this one I didn't tweet because it's too wordy. If you're going to call yourself a Benoche bro, you can't just be a fan of Juliet's acting work. You must be willing to defend her inevitably problematic French opinions. Okay. Same goes for all the Delpy dudes. <laughs> what are her wait Juliet Binoche has controversial opinions well I just assume since she's French uh, she's gonna have them so you gotta be prepared for them when right, they inevitably, right when they inevitably surface right you know yeah. like isn't uh, what's her name uh, who was in um, Inception what was her name uh, Marion Cotillard yeah isn't she like she's, a flat earther or something <laughs> she said something not great about the holocaust <laughs> I don't remember oh, did what she? it was I don't, yeah. yeah my husband oh sorry 
Yeah. My husband looking at Elliot's Nightmare Before Christmas dolls. How cool are these? I never had anything this cool growing up. I mean, I had a Smurf collection, but that's about it. <laughs> Why did I not tweet that one? <laughs> I also had a Smurf collection. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> oh, Wait. look at you getting it. Who had the best Smurf collection? Not I me. Know. I had a lot. I used to eat. I remember the uh, sporty Smurf had a tennis racket, and I used to chew on the tennis racket because mm. they tasted good. <laughs> Guys, I ate my Smurf collection. They That's still, why I don't remember it. They still sell those Smurfs. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. I think that uh, my mom bought some for the boys or something. I don't know. There's a TV critic writer named Michael Osiello. And he primarily used to write for Entertainment Weekly, but he, I think, now has his own blog, and he he collects those Smurfs, and they mm. were a big part of his book, which is called Spoiler Alert: The Hero. Spoiler: The Hero Dies, and he talks all about his Smurf collection. Oh my god! <laughs> which was your favorite Smurf? Each of um, you. I I <laughs> had a I had one that was uh, it was like a baseball Smurf, and then the there was a bat that was also a pen. I like the tennis Smurf, obviously, because I could eat it. But I also like the <laughs> gifty Smurf, gifty, like um, the guy, the Smurf that always gave the gifts that blew up in your face. Oh, yeah. Oh, I Smurf, that one. I'm going to Google it. They had Smurf. a great smell, a great plastic smell. <laughs> yeah, I had the Smurf toys, but I never watched the show. So I know nothing mm. about it. It, uh, But I do. I do know how they taste. What? The toys. They tasted good. They taste. They tasted like a school bus seat. Mm. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like. I feel like I really missed it. out. I think. I think you're not wrong. Yeah, T- Tony. What's your favorite? You know, I, for watching it and having as many of the toys as I did, I like truly don't remember very much about it at yeah. all. I feel like I remember their one had a guitar i think i feel like i had one with a guitar and so like i always would you know go to the music ones uh i I think i guess i don't know i know i do have one holding a uh jack-o'-lantern like currently in my in my place i'll put it out at halloween my (laughs) one of very few halloween decorations i'll put out if elliot our son were to hear that he would bust into your apartment like the kool-aid pitcher right now (laughs) (laughs) he's so obsessed with halloween uh he his two new things that he has are he has a he got these like from the halloween town which is a, a halloween store in burbank he has um it looks like it's a headband prop, but it's got scissors, like half of a scissors. So it looks like scissors are stuck mm. in your head mm-hmm. and he likes to wear those around. And then he has the same thing with like a knife going through your head. We have the okay. darkest, most proto goth, <laughs> neo goth, no, I guess proto goth child. But anyway, he would definitely want your anything jack-o'-lantern. He would be all about. We could talk. Um, so, yes, on the most recent show, speaking of spooky things, uh, Andrew, I don't know if you heard it, but Robin and I were we we are now trauma bonded because I made the mistake of asking Colt. So wrestler Colt Cabana was on the show and I so have great. recently learned about blading, which mm-hmm. is this practice where 
um, wrestlers, I didn't know they did this, yeah. but wrestlers will um, surreptitiously nick themselves with a razor blade, and that's how they produce bl- like mm-hmm. that's how they produce blood. Um, and they make these very it's very tiny cuts, but there are these ways that they make it look like mm-hmm. they're bleeding a lot. Um, I assumed it was fake blood. Uh, but it's not it's real blood and it just makes me want to uh, and so the way he was talking about it was like and i i post i posted a couple a uh, couple clips of it and i posted some still photos of of there it's funny images of robin and me looking just completely repulsed <laughs> horrified um yeah it was very disgusting but uh he doesn't do this though but he has done it before but anyway on um we inter- we talked to him on thursday and tony went and saw him in la nice. how was that show was it bloody at all? I'm assuming no. <laughs> no, it was not because it was a show called Lucha Vavum, which is like mm-hmm. a mix of uh, it's like there's like lucha luchador wrestling mixed with comedy mixed with and then weirdly burlesque also. Uh, and Colt was there, and I believe I'm actually still not even positive. But I think he was actually playing like another like masked character that Matt did wrestle, classic, right? Yeah, and then but then later he did some commentary with Blaine Capatch. Uh, and it was very funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there was no blood and uh, plus it, it's a very silly show. Like the, the mm-hmm. matches are, are like especially over the top and just ridiculous at this. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really good time. Where was it again? I missed where it was. Uh, it was at the Mayan. The Mayan. Oh, yeah. that's a good, yeah, that's great. Yeah. The, yeah. Good time. The blading you talk about. I know you had, uh, Andrew W, Andrew WK on your show in the past and I think yes. he does something similar uh, to draw blood assumed, from his face for his I assumed concerts. his was fake blood, too. Yeah, I, th- I saw him do it in an interview once. Like, he has a scar that he reopens. I know, I know it makes uh, you gross. No, 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 it's okay. So we, can talk oh. we can talk well, about it. We can talk about it. I assumed that was fake blood, too. Yeah, I think it's, I I guess think it's real based on that one interview I saw. He was trying to Nasty. reopen a scar. Are they worried that we're going to be like, oh, that's fake blood? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, no, it must be authentic blood yeah, from when, my veins. When Andrew WK came on my – so he came – when I did – when Andrew – Hunt, you came um, to my apartment in Brooklyn when mm-hmm. I did the show as a streaming internet show, mm-hmm. and Andrew WK also was a guest, um, not on the same episode, but in my apartment in Brooklyn, which I had completely forgot. I consider myself someone who has a good memory. I had completely forgotten about the fact that he was <laughs> in my apartment until I went and saw a photo, and I was like, I have no memory of him being in my apartment. Um, and then he came and was a guest on my podcast as well when it was a podcast in California. And when he was a guest on the podcast in California, everyone go listen to that episode. I have no memory of it. But I do. Well, what I remember is he told this story of like having just explosive diarrhea. Mm. And I was gross, grossed out, but a mute. I mean, it was like a pretty astounding story. But then afterwards, I'm like, I feel like that story's probably fake. Like he's a performance art kind of guy. <laughs> There's a yeah, question but, with him: how much is authentic and how much is character? But if his blood is real, maybe his poop is real. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what? You know what? I will tell what do you. you think? Uh, you know, he was on some warp tours that we did. Uh huh. And uh, at the end of the day, because you know it's a it's an outdoor festival, and at the end of the day, when it you know finally cools off a little bit and the show's done for the day. Everybody like hangs out in the parking lot. There's usually a barbecue and everybody hangs out there and eats and drinks and stuff. And, you know, he has his whole thing is partying, you know, that's party hard. Party hard. Like party is in like half of his song titles. 
Uh-huh. I never <laughs> once saw him partying. Oh, wow. wow. I would see every wow. other really? member of his band, but never saw him. Interesting. Wow. Tony, was speaking it because, of... Oh, sorry. No. Well, I just wondered if it's because he was like in the bathroom cleaning the poop out of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That's maybe his there was, party. Maybe there was a more intense Something. party happening somewhere. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. What oh. were you going to you had a question, Andrew? Oh, I was just going to say, Tony, speaking of you uh, uh, touring, um, when you were away before, I mentioned that I was speaking to a friend on the phone today and said that someone uh, from Motion City Soundtrack was on the podcast I was doing. And he said, oh, they have a sick drummer. So I thought I'd uh, share that <laughs> nice. with you. That's, that's Tony Saxton. Nice. <laughs> his, his words were uh, uh, super dynamic. Oh, well, so, uh, tell him thank you. For yeah. them, thank you, whoever this person was. Yeah. Well, so it's very um, nice. Thank you. <laughs> and in other Tony news, I have more Tony news. Um, I'm just about finished with the book. Uh, it's it's about the making of the musical Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Uh, Ooh, from, I don't think I knew there was a book. There's, Wait, there's a, book a book by Glenn Berger who wrote oh the God. musical book. And uh, I... I it's an incredible book if you want to read about a Broadway show gone horribly wrong with Bono and the Edge. And a few of my friends wrote in and said Tony Thaxton did a bizarre albums about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Yeah, that was one of I think that was kind of one of the first episodes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a couple it's years a great ago. book. It's a it's they, an insane story. It's it an truly insane is story. insane. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Wait, they wrote into what your your Instagram? Yeah, like. My friend Bonnie, who's a big fan of Tony's podcast, and then another friend were like, oh, we heard about this on Bizarre Albums. And I was like, this is a perfect tie. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> this happened. Excuse me. <laughs> this happened when I was interviewing Phil and David Wilde as well. David Wilde, who writes for Rolling Stone. And like, there is not an award show that happens where he's not at the helm of it. Right. And he knows everyone. And there we are doing the show. And I can't remember if it had officially started or not yet. And then he begins. He's like, wait, are you the it was something like this? Are you the Tony Thaxton who does bizarre albums? Oh, my God, I'm a fan. And I'm like, I am right here. And then yeah. when he tweeted about the show, he had to mention tony thaxton and bizarre albums again uh, I mean, this has happened with several guests let's be honest <laughs> i've managed to block the rest of them what have you do you have a list in your head uh i mean i could come up with one but uh, oh. that seems pathetic so i'm not gonna do that uh well it's weird i feel like people are telling me this a lot but then i'm like why why aren't my uh why aren't why don't i have a higher listener count then yeah I well, was, yeah. Because if think I can answer that for you. <laughs> Let's say every single guest of my show is listening to your podcast. It's going to boost you by what? Like a hundred? Yeah. Well, but I, I mean, I'm not just talking about the show. I'm saying like in life, like when I was on tour oh, and stuff too. And I yeah, see. Like it was happening. Like it happens way more than I expect it to based yeah. on like how many people listen. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, it's getting yeah. out there. Yeah. Hey, everyone, put your ears where your mouth is. Yeah. Like a Picasso. <laughs> it's a good, yeah. good stuff, right? Um, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But if you like what you're hearing, this podcast, the one hosted by me, let's just Tony aside for a second. He doesn't need your help. He's got all these people talking about him when they're supposed to be talking about me. Please, <laughs> just go, girl. I sound 
whiny, please leave this podcast a nice review. Uh, mm-hmm. I noticed I got another negative review with five stars. So it seems that that is now a thing that is happening. And oh. I say, I've done it to myself, but I would <laughs> rather have a negative five star review than a negative less than five star review. But mm-hmm. I'll take, I would rather have a positive five star review than a, here's the ranking positive five star review. <laughs> then under that is negative five star review. And then under that is negative less than five-star review. But remember, positive five stars is really what we're aiming for, people. Let's not get it twisted, as they would say in the 90s or the 2000s or something. So please leave us those nice reviews. Tell your friends. Make sure you're subscribed. Speaking of things that are annoying, like some of you are, and all the people who loved, I mean, all this praise for tony is wow annoying i think it's time to do hey go fuck yourself now i understand you're welcome i understand that andrew has uh something for this yeah so i'd like to say hey go fuck yourself to myself whoa because i didn't see that coming i did something so embarrassing this weekend that I think it'll haunt me for the rest of my life. And uh, so I I wear masks at the grocery store and I had just come out of the grocery store listening to music and then a man at the crosswalk swiped at my face and said something uh. about my mask and then everyone was who was with him started laughing. So I pulled my, uh, my earbuds out uh, and I assumed... I assumed he was making fun of me for wearing a mask. And I don't know why this came out of my mouth, but I was like, excuse me, why are you making? F-? I couldn't hear because I had music in, but I was like, why are you making fun of what I'm wearing when you, sir, are dressed like Dennis the Menace? <laughs> and he he wasn't dressed like Dennis the Menace. He had a striped shirt on, but it was the first thing I could think of. He swiped at my face. He said something about a mask when I pulled my earbuds off. And then he goes, I wasn't, I wasn't making fun of your mask. You have a hornet. There's a hornet on your mask. <laughs> oh. And that's he why he swiped at my face. Yeah. So I pulled it off and just like a, f- a wave of embarrassment just washed over me. There were so many people around us, downtown Toronto. So I, this man was trying to help me. And then I told him he looked like a cartoon that steals pies off of people's windowsills. And uh, I, I, I don't think I'll ever get over that. So, hey, me, go fuck hey, yourself. Hey, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> that does suck. That's mortifying. Mortifying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, like, I thought I was in danger because he, he, sw- he swiped at my face, said something, mm-hmm. something, mask. And then I pulled out my earbuds and then, you know, I just thought like, well, I'm not, that's so out of character for me. Like I'm, I'm a pushover. I rarely stand up for myself and I hate confrontation, but I was like, if this guy's going to be physically aggressive, I need to give him like the most intense insult of all time. So I called him Dennis the menace because his shirt had stripes. At least the thing you called him. Yeah, wasn't devastating. It's just confusing. Yeah, well, I think, like, I immediately, (laughs) and the way I told it, I sounded 
a lot cooler like why would you make fun of what i'm wearing when you're dressed like dennis the menace but in that reality, does sound cool it was more like what how comes why are you saying what i'm wearing is weird when you look like that kid with the uh the slingshot dennis the menace and i just like <laughs> i was it was so awkward and i stumbled over my words and i just oh my goodness i i i don't think i'll ever get over that no um well, kind of heroic of him, actually, mm-hmm. to, to swat at a uh, yeah. hornet. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, and when I tell the story, I'm like, he came right at me. But he was just kind of like, oh, you have a hornet on your mask. Mm. So it was. And then I just thought, like, I don't know. I don't know why I just assumed. I, I heard the word mask. I saw a swat and I heard laughing and I assumed yeah. the worst. Um, I so. think all of us probably would right now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some guy, Daniel. Tell your tell your running mask story that I I think I botched on this show. Well, now I'm not sure. I remember exactly what he said, but I was jogging and this guy was coming toward me, and this old guy, and he said something like, "Thanks for not wearing a diaper on your face." <laughs> but I was like going past him when he said it, so I just was like, <laughs> you know. And immediately was like, I wish I had told him to fuck off or something. But, you know, I was already like 20 feet past him. So I just kept running. But it's like, okay. I get, you know. Yeah. But But we believe in diapers on your face. Mm -hmm. I mean, he thought I was like, oh, yeah, you're you're like me. It's like, I just, my only regret was not letting him know, no, I'm not like you. Right. You're not making a statement. You just. I'm just jogging. I'm just jogging. Yeah. So. Boy, oh boy. I don't know. People a lot so of hey, go fuck shit. yourselves out there. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else have a hey, go fuck yourself? I am. Oh, wait, Robin, you said you had one. I have one. Yes, I have one. I was at the beach a few weeks ago. This was not on the Untucket, but I was at the beach with a group of friends. One of the friends saw an old friend, family friend. So it was an older guy came over to our blanket to where we were sitting, just bathing in the sun, having a nice time. And he said to my friend, so what have you been up to since the last time I saw you besides eating a lot? <gasps> oh, my God. Wow. And uh, my Oh, my friend, God. Oh, my God is right. And I here's the thing. I was asleep and I, I was like beach asleep. So I heard I heard this whole thing out of this like corner of my ear. But. I thought he was actually saying the opposite of what, like, I just wasn't awake. And my friend just looked at him and didn't say anything. And then there was an awkward pause, apparently. And then the guy said, "Uh, so what else is going on in your life? And my friend just looked at him and walked right. Talk about walking into the ocean. He walked right into the ocean. And then I will say the caveat or the, the postscript to the whole thing is that my friend got an email from that family friend the next day. Mm-hmm. And said, I've been distraught and thinking about it. And what I said was horrible and da 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 da. Oh, so he did know him? He, yes, they knew him. He was an old family friend. Mm. Um, but I will personally never forgive this person if I ever see them again. And uh, I think my friend wrote back a very nice acceptance of the apology. But I think about it three times a day. I'm so mad that we live in a world where if you're a man, a woman or a man, that anybody could just come up and fucking ruin your beach day by commenting mm-hmm. on your body. Mm-hmm. 
um, which you've got exposed because yeah. of your bathing suit. It just, the whole thing was so crummy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm obsessed with talking about it. <laughs> Wait. Sorry. I, I feel like I missed it. Was this a, your friend was male or female? My friend that, was male. Okay. So do not have a shirt on. And this guy is not was in the guy, shape at all. Was the mm. was the guy, the family friend who said it trying to be funny? Yes. Or was, okay. He was trying to be funny. How did your friend take it? Not well. Okay. He literally just got up and walked into the ocean. Or he may have even wow. ran. Yeah. But the rest of us, you know, we're all old friends. And I, I just, when I woke up, it was like all the talk. And, and then I just like angrily like packed up my beach chair and blanket. And I just, I've, I've really internalized it. And whereas my friend has completely let it go and is totally fine with it. Right. And by the way, he does not look like he eats a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, it was, it, it was a nightmare and it still mm-hmm. rings in my, in my head. That's a real, right. that guy is like, please go fuck yourself. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey, go fuck yourself. The email, the apology email was very nice, but uh, too little, too late, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that your friend has let it go. I, I feel know. like with, I feel like it's, and this might be like a, a gender thing, like with women, it is really not okay. It's really, the culture has shifted so much that like, you could not say that to a right. woman right now. Right. You know I mean? Like you, you would have like righteous indignation and anger. Whereas like, it's a little like, I think men maybe feel a little more like they can't hang on to anger about that. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But I Yeah, I thought about that. And I also thought about like what I would have said to him if I was awake and conscious and I would have right. mm. I've rehearsed different things I would mm. have said, like, you know, from what, you know, not nothing funny, nothing worth repeating. But I've really gone into like the trying to recreate a dialogue where I could just get in there and be like, hey, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Right? How do you say that to a person who's like a family friend of this per- this friend of yours, you know? But are you, do you think it's because or do you feel protective of the friend who received the comment or are you like identifying and like where's your where's your feel where are your feelings coming from? Primarily protection of my friend because he was completely shamed, I guess yeah. you could say, on the beach. And then also I just I'm worried that we live in that world where like we 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 are just at a beach and we can't even escape criticism. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And yeah, I think maybe and I've heard that this particular family friend has gotten in a lot of trouble for saying inappropriate things mm. to women. So it does think it does feel like he shifted his his focus to men. But well, I, was get it just, I was impressed by his apology. But it's like, what world do we live in where he thought that saying that was OK? Just don't or say it. Or just don't say it. Or he, like, yeah, he's like one of these people that watched a bunch of Comedy Central roasts. And right. Like, oh, this is what people like to do. And but it, uh, no, people do right. not like that. It's yeah. One of my rehearse lines was, you know, that you can't couch everything in it. It's a joke because jokes have to be funny. And that was funny Mm -hmm. like i uh oh i got a i got a whole journal full of angry responses that i wasn't able to say to this guy (laughs) just tell him that he dresses like dennis the menace yes so good you jerk you dennis the menace burn one thing i've learned though is to like never con I, i try not to comment on someone's physical appearance ever because i uh there, I usually go up and down around 50 pounds. And I find that when I'm down, I get so many compliments. And then when I'm up 50 pounds, 
I always find I'm nervous to see those people again. And I feel <laughs> so, even though they yes, were complimenting so me true. at the time, it's like my dentist from years ago. I'm like, I don't want to see her again because she was saying how good I looked. And I, and you know, I gained 50 pounds since then. And it, you know, it goes up and down. So it's, even though she was being lovely and saying something super nice, it has now affected the way I, I feel, you know, going right, back and into that Right, and it's like affecting office. your teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I did. My whole life, I never cared about crooked teeth. And then uh, just reading the YouTube comments, the YouTube comments didn't make me get braces. It was just seeing that people thought that about me, you know, like, uh, I, I, I just assumed, okay, if people on YouTube are saying this, it's a thing people, uh, maybe notice about me. And so, you know, I, I'm happy I got Invisalign and, you know, straightened the chompers, but yeah, it, it affects, you know, no matter what you say about someone and that's what, you know, I, I made fun of the guy's shirt, but it's, I still think like, oh no, no, that guy's never going to wear that shirt again. You know, the guy who swiped at my face. Um, He'll never do a nice thing for someone again. Let him get eaten by bugs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that YouTube comments, even if there's like a preponderance of them, are an accurate reflection of what people in real life see. Mm. Like, I feel like YouTubers go for low hanging fruit and they, I don't, I think it's like a a different toxic hall of mirrors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're not feeling about it. Your face either. So they have right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with women, it's like the comments are always going to be like, you know, you look fat or you look old because they know that those are two things that you can say to a woman to upset her. Like, but that doesn't mean, it never means that you do. It's just, I think it's just, guys know that that's a way to you know well it's uh, the, be a it's shithead the virtual version of pulling a girl's pigtail mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think people i think it's just a By way, the way I, I feel like i may be now acting as if I was going to say, I feel like now people are going to assume that I get a lot of you look fat and you look old comments. And I don't. Maybe not everyone is going to make that assumption. I'm just making it because I'm inside my own head based on what Daniel said. No, you don't get that. I don't see that. But I'm just saying like in general online. Women see do that. though. Yes. And it, it's almost never true. It's like right. I'll see someone every now and then you'll see that and you're like, no, they look fine. But, you know, whatever. You can't right. please everybody. And, and when people, people should just not make comments. Like when people are like, oh my God, you look like you've lost weight. And I'm like, my, I'm like, oh, was I so fat the last time you saw me? Yeah. Like, it's just like, I think we're all better off if we just say something nice about a piece of clothing mm. or a hair color. But right. like, let's just leave all the other stuff, weight and everything. It's just too personal. I think. It can make people self feel self-conscious. Yeah. Or yeah. just don't put so much importance on how we look. Yes. Yeah. That ship has sailed. <laughs> that was something yeah, like I, I was nervous about with the viral video. People haven't seen me since I was in my early 20s and I was uh, I've been afraid to get back on camera. Like just afraid of what people will say. N- mm-hmm. Not necessarily that they'll say something bad, but just like you look different, you know. And I've been nervous about that. And so this week has been really good for me to see all the positive comments in coming in and I try not to read them in case a bad one comes in, but, uh, you know, 
So far, so good. I have a hey, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you do. Yeah, let's hear it. So in our bedroom, there's this mirror. Oh, uh, uh oh. And what for me when I get up in the morning, I get out of bed and I have to walk around the bed to get to the bathroom. And there's no way for me to get from my side of the bed to the bathroom without a good five steps where I'm looking at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to say, hey, go fuck yourself to that mirror <laughs> for, for setting every day off on a bad foot. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. There are mirrors in the bathroom as well. Yeah, but they're only, uh, you know, up, chest up. Yeah. Mm. And I've, I have in my life learned how to look into that mirror and go, no, I'm not saying looking great, but just like not looking like an an ogre with underwear, you know, like just a, <laughs> just a weirdly proportioned ogre. Just like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's you. Whatever you're thinking this morning about yourself, that's you. <laughs> that's uh, you. Right. <laughs> On that positive note, uh, I would like to thank everyone for being on the show. This has been delightful. I love all of you. Andrew, where can everyone find all your viral content and your other content and all your works? Uh, Well, right now, uh, I'm just starting on TikTok. So you can follow at CandyPandy311. Distinguished. uh, Yeah, (laughs) at CandyPandy311. And I just finished a kid's science show called Space Dragon and Kim. And there's a lot of clips on YouTube. So if you have kids who like science, just search Space Dragon and Kim. And I play a dragon on the show and I wrote for it and I wrote a bunch of songs for it as well. Awesome. That's cool. Robin, what about you? You can find me scribbling in my journal most nights about this guy on the beach that I can't (laughs) stop thinking about. And you can find me on Instagram at Robin Shore, R-O-B-I-N-S-H-O-R-R. I want to have a bigger Instagram following than I do, and I'm trying. One day I'll get there. Everyone go follow Robin. Do it. Uh, Daniel, what about you? You can follow me at Daniel Quantz, Q-U-A-N-T-Z, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, maybe one of these days I'll get on TikTok. I'm going to follow Andrew's advice to get viral. Yes. (laughs) Tony, what about you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. And uh, I don't know if anybody knows, but I have a podcast called Bizarre Albums. Comes out every Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, if you live in Los Angeles and you're listening to this the day it comes out, Thursday, August 4th, uh, I will be playing at the Lodge Room in Highland Park with both Townland and Don't Stop or We'll Die. And we're playing with our pals, the Sloppy Boys, past guests of the show. Uh, and it's going to be a good time. So come on out to that if you're in L.A. Um, I have been trying to find a time to get Tim back on the show. Tony, make that happen. Put a All bug right. in his butt All or right. his ear. Uh, and then also... Uh, listen to my other podcast, Upworthy Weekly, comes out on Saturday mornings. It's a hoot. And also Childish comes out every other Wednesday. That's with Greg Fitzsimmons. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I already mentioned leaving us reviews. That helps the show. And uh, subscribe to my YouTube, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. You guys, thank you so much for listening. This is so much fun. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know and Rose and Show. We have
best friend.